All right. Well, we're back with another podcast, and I am still dealing with how I sound, <laughs> but it's okay. So welcome back to Nothing to See Here. I will always be your host, Alicia C. Um, Cat Metropolis is sitting with me today again, and maybe this is going to become a usual thing. I, I don't know. Um, you have to tune in every week to see if, <laughs> if, she, I'll be back. if you're a returning guest. Um, if I'm allowed to stay. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Depends on how well you do today. No, oh, I'm great. just kidding. Um, today, I wanted to hit on friendship. I think there, I think there are a lot of people... I guess I will say this. In our adult age, I don't feel like people do well in friendships. Um, It's something I notice. I think we do well through elementary, and then once junior high hits, everything goes Goes downhill. (laughs) Just goes downhill from there. But why? And so I kind of wanted to bring my own perspective to it, um, also share what I feel the Word of God says about it, and then answer some questions I had sent out on uh, my Instagram the other day, um, just some questions that people had. And we had really good feedback. So we had a couple that we pulled that we thought, man, this would be really good um, just to give some answers because I feel like there's more people that might have had those same questions. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited. So let's dive in. Um, I think friendship, uh, how, I mean, the good parts and the bad parts of it started for me at a very young age. Um, and I think what affects our friendships the most is probably the amount of insecurity we have. Um, growing up, you know, mom and dad were real intense about um, everything in the household being Christian. And I'm not saying that in like a funny way, we should be holy, but I mean like, so she bought a book that was turmoil in the toy box. And so, great book. yeah, it was highly this, recommend. <laughs> and so it was like, don't allow your children to play with Barbies. Um, that'll make him anorexic and all this kind of different stuff. And I think, you know, mom looks back now. I was like, great. And so instead of getting me Barbies, she got me this thing called the Bear Family. Oh. And I really wanted the Heart Family, which wasn't Barbies. It was just a family. But she was like, no, we're sticking with bears. You know, we're staying bears away. Bears are holy. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we are completely walking away. I wanted to use, I was like, mom, don't you remember the bears when the little boys to Elijah were like, you're bald. And they ran out and they ate, ate even though they ate the kids. Um, which, man, sometimes that's, that's I wish that God <laughs> would come back when somebody ticks me off. I've but got no. some people you can eat, God. <laughs> right. But I remember being like, should we really be buying bears? But she did. And so they built me a house for him, and we would go to, like, Hobby Lobby and different places and buy the furniture. And so I love the Bear family. But um, the same way that the Barbies would create anorexia, I feel like <laughs> the Bears created an issue for me in my stomach and butt area. <laughs> so it's like I was always heavier there than than some. And it was and I'm like, great, Mom. Like, you created this issue for me with the Bear family. So I don't ever remember feeling like something was wrong with me because I think there's a certain point in life where you begin to question um, yourself, your identity. I guess I should say it that way. So I was homeschooled um, up till second grade. In second grade, I went to a Christian school in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and when I was there, I became friends with a girl, and I'll never forget, she was, I don't know if she was asking me to, like, pinch a guy's butt. I mean, this is second grade, or do something stupid. But I remember being like, I don't want to do that. And I remember the phrase of what she said. She said, if you don't do this, I'm not going to be your best friend anymore. And I feel like that built the framework of friendship and relationships for me and almost stamped it right there in that moment without me even realizing it as a second grader who's playing with bears, okay? Right. And I think in that moment, 
what ended up happening was years to come, it was if I don't do what the people close to me think I should do either for them or for my life, I'm going to lose them. So I kind of lived my life pleasing people, which is weird because, you know, if you've studied the Enneagram, I lean very much towards an Enneagram 8, but I'm very in tune with my emotions and different things like that, so my wings are kind of all over the place at times, but it's very... um, kind of an Enneagram eight is kind of like, I don't really give a flip what you think, but I did not, that was not my, um, it was not the way I handled friendships. I would feel that way in my relationship with God. Like you were not going to get me to question. I know he's healer. I know he's all these things. I mean, the presence of God is real. It's tangible. Like you were not going to shake me. But when it came to friendships, it was whatever I have to do to keep you happy. And I remember, um, I went to that school till the middle of fifth grade and, we moved, um, and at this time you and Tina were not born. And so we moved to go do some ministry work in Alabama and different places. And then we came back. So I came back in eighth grade. So understand I'm coming back junior high, which is a super, very intense time. Like even with your own self, like, but then I'm coming in not knowing anybody. Yeah. And so I came in and I'll never forget. Um, we were in study hall one day and this same girl, so this same girl keeps what? coming up in these stories. It kind of instigated this whole this thing. This the one that you wanted God to eat? <laughs> secretly, Get the bears. Get secretly, the bears Lord, where are the bears in this moment? Yes. But I remember being in study hall, and they were like, they said to me, um, and she kind of started this, like, you really don't know how to wear makeup. You really don't know how to do this. And I remember just having this feeling of, again, I... I did not feel complete. There was something wrong with me. And I never had thought there was something wrong with me. You know, it's interesting. Proverbs 16, 28 says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. And I think we have to be aware of the people in our lives. I want to read something from C.S. Lewis because I think this is so powerful because I think we have to really look at the type of relationships we do need in our life. And it says... Friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or a burden. The typical expression of opening friendship would be something like this. What? You two? I thought I was the only one. The man who agrees with us with that is of great importance, can be our friend. And I think there, I remember those moments when you meet people and the people that are closest in my life. And I have those moments where it's like, oh my gosh, you've been through the same thing or you do that too. And I think the way that God has uniquely made each and every one of us, it's vitally important that we find these people. Here's something else uh, C.S. Lewis said. In each of my friends, there is something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. In this friendship exhibits a glorious nearness by resemblance to heaven itself. Wow. I love how he says this. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man out. Because if you think about it, in friendship relationships, and even like my closest relationship is with my husband, Brian. He has called things out of me that me and myself was not large enough to bring out. Right. And I think that's so powerful because that's what true relationships are called to be. They are, okay, so I'm seeing a different facet of who God is when I am 
coming close to somebody, but here's the honesty. If they're not exhibiting Christ-like activity or Christ-like, they're not Christ-like at all, let me say it that way, you are exhibiting signs of the enemy. Yeah. I mean, you're going to see one facet or the other. And, you know, I think we were all shaped by so many different things that happened in our lives and growing up, but I really feel foundationally some of us, and I know this was true for me, there was a foundation set so early on that was unhealthy. It was, I have to do all things that these people think I should do in order to stay in relationship with them. If you don't do this, I won't be your best friend anymore. And I hear kids, even young now, they'll say that four or five. If you don't do this, we're not best friends anymore. Or they see something and, oh, I'm going to go do this. Well, if you don't take me, we're not going to be friends. And it's like, they don't realize the harm in what they're saying. But what happens is we carry that with us for the rest of our lives. And it wasn't until I began to dig deep and say, okay, God, where is this idea coming from that I have to be in a sense a doormat? Do what everybody's asking me to do. Because even later on in life, when I would befriend older couples that maybe were married and have kids, I would want to be a blessing. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, I'll help babysat, babysit. But then all of a sudden, I had no time for me. I was doing everything for everybody. And I even think for you, part of your personality, I remember you sharing with this with me growing up. You were very much like the pleaser. Yes, I did everything for everybody. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. And that was like your heart to, it It was out of a, it wasn't out of a wrong motive. Right. It was literally like, okay, if I can do it, I can do it. And I remember one day you coming to me and you said, I even think because I've done this for so long, I'm the one you ask and not any of the other sisters. <laughs> and you I'm know like, everyone else is going to be like, yeah, nope. And yeah. Kat always says said yes. 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 Yeah. And we knew that. And it was like, what was incredible is when you took the time to say, okay, wait a second. I really want to see what I might need to shift because if I'm basing my yes, uh, my yes is based on what I'm going to receive. Yeah. You should be receiving the same type of love and respect even when you say no. You know, right. I say it all the time and, you know, I didn't coin this, and but I don't remember who said it, but no is a complete sentence. I think that was, I know Craig Rochelle always says it, okay. but I don't know if he coined it either. I know. But we, that's where we heard it. Okay, yes, sure. so that is, yeah. And that's where I don't, you know, I look at that and think so many people live their lives because we're, we are desperate for companionship. We're desperate for somebody, for how C.S. Lewis, to see us in the moment. What? You too? And when you find yeah. that, you're thinking, what do I need to do? And I know for me, I always thought, you know, everything would be better if I just had a best friend. Everything would be taken care of if I just had that one best friend. But the but the problem was when I would, you know, start to get close to somebody, if they ever wanted to see a facet of anybody else yeah. or spend relationship <laughs> with anybody else, which in... We should do that because, like he said, it's showing us who we truly are. Yeah. They're pulling a different side out of that person. The The saddest thing about all that was I would get so jealous and my insecurity would cause so much jealousy that I would, in turn, begin to hurt the relationship I was in due to the fact I didn't want to let them see how cool anybody else could be because I needed to be the coolest. So I said yes to everything. Yeah. And, you know, we did a marriage series at our church where uh, me and my husband, Brian, we really talked about helper versus healer. And I started to realize, man, that started early for me because even in friendships, I was looking for someone to heal that insecurity that happened in eighth grade. Yeah. Somebody to come along and help the girl that played with the Bear family become free and not be so tied to the images that she that she could remember. I mean, it was like, I, could, I can feel myself, even in this moment, I can remember 
how that study hall looked. And I can yeah. remember sitting in well, that circle. Trauma. Like that's the yes. thing about traumatic experiences is that your brain can't distinguish time when it comes to trauma. So it literally relives it over again. And you can almost smell and hear yes. and taste everything that happened yes. in that moment where it's like your brain, because it's like that it happened all over again. Yes. And it's just like, we're living in this moment. And that's the scary thing about friendships is that sometimes those little moments can create something so traumatic that it, it changes the course of our life. And if we don't deal with those now, yeah. it'll continue to hurt us. Yeah. Because I think sometimes people think, oh, when I get older, I'll have healthy relationships or right. people will just grow up. And it's like, no, some people, and I say this all the time, I'm like, they never left high school. Yeah. Like they are still in high school. <laughs> They're still wanting to create same drama and all that kind of yes. stuff. And it's like, we have to get to the point where it's like, we need to grow up and start maturing and being like, okay, what part of this is it me? Like, how am I taking on the responsibility for being a needy friend? Like how you're doing, like you took that on yourself and was yes. not like everyone else is the problem. You're like, what about this? Can I fix it myself? Which I think yeah. is huge. And I think you do. I think you have to look inward. Cause I think, you know, you're going to have to evaluate your relationships. I think for a lot of our listeners right now, you're going to have to step back and say, okay, what relationships do I feel like I can't say no to or I'm going to lose them? Yeah. Because you might have built, and it's not, you almost can't even blame them because if you built the relationship based on that expectation, that's what those people are going to expect. And so yeah. now all of a sudden, if you start saying no, they're going to take it like, oh my gosh, I must have done something wrong. It is sitting down and saying, hey, listen, this is where I found myself. Or I feel like there is more of, um, there's so much expectation that I can't meet. You know, and I'll never forget when when one of my best friends growing up finally did just write me a letter. And it was like, I feel like no matter what I do, it's not enough. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And I think a lot of people are looking for more instead of enjoying what they have. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, if I, if you don't mind me sharing, oh, I remember, I remember when Tina first got married. Oh gosh, that was and, horrible. Yeah, and and when that was hard because you guys had been connected to the hip since you were, yeah. since you were, we're born. We're only like two years apart, so Tina was like my best friend growing oh. up. We were homeschooled our life. Yes. So like there was no one else. Oh, Kat, you slept in her crib because you <laughs> oh, didn't yeah. even want to sleep in your bed by yourself. That's how much you we loved her. Yeah, I always called her the other half of my brain because yes. she just helped me remember things. But when she got married, it was like. I didn't know what to do with myself because I felt like a part of my identity was wrapped up into her. And it was kind of, I wouldn't say it was like codependency, but it kind of was in a way. Yeah. I was very dependent on her to help me with situations. And so when she got married, I was dealing with the fact like I felt like I lost my best friend. Yeah. But then also I was like going through an identity crisis of like, who is Kat? And so I had to go on my own journey and like start taking responsibility of like, okay, the reason why I let her decide so much stuff for me is because <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of saying yeah. yes or no to things. Oh, wow, that's I good. like Tina being the one to be like, no, we're going home early from this friend group, you know, or we're not going to do this or we are going to do that because I didn't like the responsibility on myself. Yeah. So it was just like that moment that I had to grow up and be like, you know what? She's not the other half of my brain. She's just a kidney. You can lose a yeah. kidney and still live. <laughs> if right? you lose part of your brain, you're dead. So yeah. I was like, you know what? She is still, like, we still hang out every week. Yeah. We work together now. Yeah, We're still awesome. very close, but it's not that, like, I can make my decisions outside of her. Yeah. And I feel like that's really important to have that that individuality. You oh, don't yeah. really want to have other people. You want people speaking into your life, but you don't want it so codependent where yeah. they're making decisions. And I think that's where friendships can get so unhealthy. Oh yeah. Is when you're leaning on that person to be like, figure yeah. it out for me. Yeah. You decide. And you like, decide. No. Yeah. Or 
one of the things that you dealt with is when she would say, oh, I'd love to hang out. Then you would almost talk the whole time like how you wished it was more oh, yeah. instead of enjoying oh, being yeah. in the moment. And yes. I think a lot of people do that instead of taking what it is because it should be quantity versus I mean, it should be quality well, yeah. versus quantity. And I mean, I, I feel that way in with our kids and, you know, different things like that. I think you have to look at it because if you're always basing it off of quantity, a lot of times you're missing out because I would much rather have quality. Yeah. Because the quality of time with somebody. And I think that's why people have to just decide, okay, are there things that I experienced early on in life that are kind of steering the course for my relationships? Yeah. You know, um, and I'm going to go ahead and answer one of the questions because I feel like I can oh, segue yeah. into yeah, this. There was... was one where somebody, what was, what I think it was like they asked, when do you know it's time to let go of a friendship? Yeah, like when do you know a friendship is over? Okay, and I think, I, I, I'll tell you this, the fact that you're even asking kind of pretty <laughs> much stamps that it's now. You, it's now. Yeah, <laughs> you know. because, because here's the honest truth. If you're even feeling that way, you something in that friendship has already made it not feel healthy, yeah. has made it feel like there's a pressure. You know, because 1 Peter 4, 8 through 10 says, says this, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sin. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Everybody uses that scripture, and I love it, but they use it like, Okay, I just have to love everybody. Well, loving everybody is very differently than allowing everyone in your life. Yes. And I think as you walk away from a relationship, this is still important. You're going to love deeply. If if they hurt you, um, you're going to cover that. But at the same time, I am very careful of the voices I allow in my life. I'm very careful of the people that I share, things that God has shared with me, because there are things that are just between you and God. There are things that if you're married, it's just between you and your husband. But then there are those close-knit close knit friendships. Proverbs talks about only have three to five. Yeah. And I think sometimes, again, that's quality versus quantity. Yeah. Again, that it's vitally important that we don't overextend ourselves. Because one, I can't be friends with that many people and and them all receive the quality of friendship they should. Yeah. You know, because we don't have that much to give. At, at the end of the day, when you think of jobs and children and all this kind of stuff, and even single, I mean, you guys have full-time jobs. And at some point, you have to be able to breathe in for yourself. I think people run into situations where you also think, that you need to stay that friend because you've been that friend for so long. And there are moments where you have to really go, is this friendship benefiting me? Yeah. Is there unhealthy things in this relationship that um, are really making it difficult for me to stay in? You know, I'm the type of person, I'm very loyal, but at the same time, I've had to look inwardly and deep and say, Am I able to really be myself with this person? Am I really able to share what life really looks like? Or is this one of those relationships like, you know, you know you how you have you have family members you don't see a lot, mm -hmm. but they're they're always gonna be family. But there's not a lot of depth there. Yeah. And it's kind of like some of those some friendships will end up looking like that. And it's not that you need to have this drag out, this is why I don't want to be friends with you. You're awful. Right. I think you just start to make decisions of I'm not gonna always be available. I'm I'm not gonna always be the answer to this person if you have felt like that, or maybe they've been way too dependent on you. Um, a lot of people, when they're when they're getting to a place where their relationship with God shifts and it becomes yes. deeper and more intimate, you might have relationships that, man, that's not their goal. They're not going down that same path. Yeah. You know, I've had relationships where, you know, we're very much in the Christian 
uh, uh, spiritual vein being pastors, you know, that is something. And I've, and, you know, there are people that I've had in my life that, that once was such a core in our relationship, but as life has begun, they've kind of, God is not at the forefront. Well, that's kind of hard for me to have an intimate relationship with somebody like that because my whole life revolves around that. Right. But it doesn't mean that I shun that person. It doesn't mean I would still be there for them if they need me. I am still praying for them. It's just, it looks different. They are not someone that has my ear at all times. They're not somebody that I'm allowing to have their voice be the loudest voice in my life. And I think that's where you have to make um, a definitive decision of what relationships would look like. Yeah. So hopefully that kind of answers that question. No, I feel like that's so good. And I think also, like you're saying, you go through different seasons in your life where people are they're pulling you up. And then there's moments where it's like, now you've gotten to such a healthy place. You want to start helping other people and pull them up as well. And it's okay to take a break from those other friendships that maybe not be at the forefront anymore, or your ideas or things have changed where it's like, you know what? There's just, my focus has shifted and you feel that. And when you, that's when you know when a friendship isn't, I wouldn't even say it's over. I feel like it's just time to pull back and it's okay. And if they come at you and they're like, why aren't you doing (laughs) it? Just be like, you know what? I'm just at a different season right now and that's okay. Like and you, you don't, don't have to label everything. Right. I think that's what people do. Like, am I labeling this as a, oh, they're one of my clothes. Don't worry about putting a label on it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's trusting God. One of the, the uh, one of my favorite stories in Job, which one day I want to do a podcast all on Job because I think Job is what freaks everybody out. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we see that his friends kept coming at him. You need to curse God. You need to do all this. And at the end of it, this is what Job 42.10 says. After Job had prayed for his friends, Okay, so he's he's coming from a place of you've attacked me, you've come against me, but I'm sitting here praying for you. This is so powerful. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had had before. Man, that puts a whole new perspective on you need to love your enemies. It puts a whole new perspective on you need to love those that curse you or different things that are happening because why Job took a moment to say, no matter what they're saying, God, I give them to you. And I think at the end of the day, we have to hand everything that we have to the Lord because he's the one leading and guiding us. He's the one that's in charge of this stuff. And he's the one that can lead you, hey, push in, pull back. What does that look like? You know, and I think sometimes, you know, I said it last Sunday when I was preaching that the enemy is always trying to pull us back and God is always trying to push us forward. And I think a lot of times in relationships, that are not good for us, the enemy is always trying to pull us back into them, you know, and we know, we know, man, they're not a good influence or they're always trying to get me to do, you know, maybe, maybe you've tried, man, I'm, I'm trying to stop drinking and all my friends still want to party and drink. Okay. Well, yeah, God's probably pushing you forward saying, Hey, let's just kind of, it doesn't mean you can't have relationship with them, but maybe you don't come out and hang out and do this anymore. It just looks different. And it's okay that relationships, um, organically change and look different. So do we have another question? Um, yeah, so one of the questions is, I love this one, how to be friends with people when you are a pastor? When you are a pastor. Man, that is a really good question. Um, and I know I've had some women pastors that um, had started following me and asking some different questions because it is very, I'll be honest, it's very difficult because one, you never know if the people are wanting to be friends with you for who you are or because of your position right? and not because of your purpose, which yeah. makes you you. Um, and I think you have to be very careful 
Um, I have relationships, very close relationships within the church. And then I have two women that are in different states that I have a close relationship with. And I think it's important to have all of those things. Um, we lead um, this church uh, with two couples that we're very close with. And I and I mean, and it's vital because why they understand our heartbeat. Um, so I think it's vitally important, honestly, if you can do it in a healthy way and you know these people. And that's part of the thing. There's years and years and years of history before we stepped into lead pastoring role. Right. I think where it can be hard for a lot of people is you step into that role and all of a sudden people want to be friends with you. Yes. And I think you have to be careful and you don't have time in all honesty, I mean, I'm, I'm, I can't I, tell I y'all <laughs> how much time she does not have. And it's, I don't know if people, you know, they, you know, you Instagram your life when it looks like just totally chill. That's but okay. I mean, I'm homeschooling a six year old. I have a one year old. Um, Who's walking everywhere. Yes. There is no every, moment no, you can just not. chill with yes. her. No, I mean, that is, it's, she's just on the go, which is awesome. You know, I'm co-leading the church. So I'm in most of all the meetings that are happening. On top of that, I'm also the head worship leader. So I'm in charge of that and overseeing that. Thank God I have such an incredible team. So they take such a load. And then once this podcast airs, there's an announcement that's going out that we're now this year taking over being the youth pastors of our church to kind of set a foundation um, for what's ahead. That's a lot on my plate now. And I decided to start a podcast this right. year. Really? I was just like, let's put it on top of yeah, everything. let me just do it all. Why, why not? You know? Um, and yes, I believe God's grace is there, but that's why it has to really be based off of quality because so much of the quantity of my time is taken doing other things that man my most important ministry is my husband and my girls yeah and i i have to pour into that that's vitally important and then ministry comes no no then your family okay, other so. family comes your sister downstairs <laughs> comes next i love it and then ministry yes. okay then ministry okay fine um but you get what i'm saying like there is such a um you have to be very careful because time is all that we truly have that belongs to us that we get a say about. And I think we have to use it wisely. And so I would just encourage you in the relationships, man, allow God to lead that because you don't want, you know, uh, man, I want to find this scripture because it talks about, um, I'm not going to be able to find it. That's fine. <laughs> all right. Um it's okay. Just paraphrase. Well, no, oh, here it is. First Thessalonians 5.11, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing, which I love. It's like, hey, You're keep doing, doing it. it. Yes. And I would, share, I would say you are probably already doing that, but just hone in on the relationships that are vitally, you know, that, that you know that are vital to highlight what's inside of you. Like C.S. Lewis said, what, what's going to highlight that? And I think that that will begin to shift some things and having people that are outside of the church. I think that's one of the most important things. We have another couple in our life um, that we just love, Josh and Tori Shelton. I'm going to give you a shout out because <laughs> I love you so much. And they um, they live in St. Louis and they pastor a church there. And she is a great sounding board for stuff. Why? Because she's living and in the same vein that I am, but also she's outside of it. So it's her opinion is not tied to what could happen or not happen here. She's just sharing based on, oh, this is what I think, but she's not in the day to day. So I like having her opinion yeah. and her relationship and we can pray for each other during stuff. I mean, when, when COVID hit, man, we were FaceTiming them going, okay, what are we doing? You know, I mean, it was like, cause we had to navigate a lot of stuff. So hopefully that kind of answered that question. And oh. I think we have one more before we wrap up yes. today. Um, it says when to pull away from friendships. So I think, I think 
we kind of hit on that a little bit, but I want to I want to kind of address it a little bit deeper. I think you have to pull away from friendships when you know they're stripping you of you. Yeah, that's good. I think you need to pull away when you know you feel less like yourself when you're around them. That's so good. Um, because that was something I n- did not do well in my 20s. I think I kept the facade of this makes me feel like a great friend or this makes me feel like a great person to have all these people. But they did not see me for who I really was. And so it began to strip me of who I was. And I think that's the scariest thing that we can get in a vicious cycle uh, where because of loyalty, and that's what I said earlier, we stay in something, but it's adding no value. You know, at the end of the day, listen, I'm called to minister to people that are never going to give anything back to me, and that's fine. But the people that are called to me, I guess I would say the people that are called to be in my life I have to see that value has been added where there's encouragement and, you know, and they see me for who I am. And it's not the person on the platform. You know, my closest friends love me for the silly, fun, um, just ridiculous person that I am, not the person that has to be the preacher, the worship leader, the podcaster, all that stuff. That's not who my, my closest friends are are they like the Alicia that's goofy? You know, if you were here on a Wednesday night worship (laughs) practice, I mean, all I do is run around the stage and I have fun. Why? Because I'm creating an atmosphere of joy because I believe that joy has been lost. And I will say this, if there's no joy in the relationship, you need to pull back real fast. Right. I mean, if you're always with somebody that you call a Debbie Downer, there are people that we all have moments. I have times that I'm down and I need encouragement, you know, and vice versa. But if it's a constant, I mean, they're just negative all the way around. It doesn't matter what God has done in their life. It doesn't matter what miracle they've experienced. All toxic friends get away. (laughs) Yes. I mean, if they're constantly negative or have a conversation, there are crucial conversations conversations to have with people. And I think, you know, I think that's part of the issue. If I could just sum up a lot of it, it's people are not having conversations. They're not saying, Hey, I love you, but man, when I'm around you, you're always so negative about everything. Or when I'm around you, I feel like whatever time we're spending, it's never enough. And I want you to enjoy when I'm here, not wishing or worrying about the next time we're hanging out. Like, can we just take this moment for this moment? and enjoy it. I mean, my kids don't, man, I'm enjoying today. I wonder if you're spending time with me tomorrow. I mean, they live in the moment. That's why I love kids. They're all about that moment. That moment is their favorite moment. And I think as adults, we could learn from kids and doing that where just be present, be in the moment. You know, when you're hanging out with friends, make it count, but see the value in what you can add in their life, what they can add in your life. But again, I mean, scripturally speaking, because we do, we are Christians and we believe in, in the way that God has ordained relationships, man, they should be pulling out things out of you that are godlike. Okay. So there's this quote that I just pulled up my notes from yeah. this book, Relational intelligence by Darius Daniels. Oh, so great. Such a great book on uh, friendships, but it says if their loyalty isn't biblical, it won't be beneficial. Uh, Which that's like, I mean, drop. (laughs) I love it. That is so good. And I encourage you, man, 
go. We listened to that audio book. Um, we had like a seven hour drive and me and Brian and we listened to it and then sent it to you guys. Yes, and it's I powerful. listened to it. I was trying to take notes yes. while I'm listening to it. Yes, and if so we good. can, I don't know if we're this cool, but can we post in the Maybe? post? Okay, we'll see if we'll we can do that. <laughs> I'm this throwing something very, on you right now. very right? new to me, but I think I can. Yes, <laughs> but if we could put that name of the book and author because yes. it's so good because he just, he hits on so much stuff. No, I can. I you know can. what I'm doing. Yes. Done. Okay. All right, sweet. Because he hits on it. It is so good and so much better than I can do. So, man, I really really hope you enjoyed this um, this podcast, and I'm enjoying doing these. This is exciting. Um, we know kind of the next 13 that we're going to be doing, so it's great. Um, if there's a topic you'd like to hear about, please let us know. I would love that. You can send it um, me through Instagram, or you can somehow, even through the reviews, I think you can just leave and say, hey, love the podcast, but could you talk on this? Right. And we'll put it down. I would love that. Um, but again, you know, I want to remind you that your best days are ahead. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast today, I'd love for you to rate it, review it, or hey, even subscribe. Thanks so much for listening.